Hello and welcome to Encounter Church Cape Town. We're so excited that you can join us for this message and we speak God's abundant blessing upon you, your families and all of your spheres of influence as you do so. Enjoy as you engage with God. Um, so it's actually a word that God dropped in my spirit probably at the end of last year, end of November, beginning of December. So it was, it's something I've been brooding over and I was just weighing it up and hadn't felt to release it and then felt to release it on the Tuesday evening at our prophetic meeting. So the picture that I, I saw um, was of one of those sort of like an old ship that you had to put the sails up that was sort of anchored in a really safe harbor, very calm, safe, secure harbor. And so I asked God, okay, so what are you saying about the ship? And God just said to me, almost like in an audible voice, he said to me, the winds have changed. So I said, okay. And God said to me, it's time to lift, to raise your anchors, lift your anchor and raise your sails. Because the winds have changed. And there's a wind just for your sails. So you have to be ready to catch your wind. Um, there is nothing you need to do. You, do need to, you don't need to plot your path on the map. You do not need to adjust your campus, your compass. All you need to do is lift your anchor and raise your sails and wait for your wind to catch your sails. And that there's no striving, there's no hard work. He knows the path. He knows how to navigate you out of the harbor. He knows which direction he's going to take you on as you leave the harbor. And it's just trusting him, but it is time. So God also showed me that there were people that were in the harbor that was necessary for a reason and for a season of resting or time and restoration. But there were also those that were anchored through fear. But it's your time now to lift your anchor. So fear of man, fear of rejection, fear of disappointments. But that's past. You know, as Peter was saying, this is a season of expectation. It's a season of God's favor. It's a season we've heard the testimonies of God just releasing the glory into that space. So we're not going to pick up the blessings that God has for us if we remain anchored in the harbor. It's time for us to lift our anchor and raise our sails and wait for your wind. So don't rush ahead. Don't try and make the boat move in your own capacity. Your wind is coming and it'll pick up your sails. So amen to that. Yes, let me just release that over everybody. I don't know if that resonates with anybody. Yeah. Let's just, just, just receive it as well. Yeah, yeah just, I think just, just position your hearts to receive it. And I think if there's anything that's keeping you um, anchored in, if you can just ask Holy Spirit to show that to you, whatever it is that's keeping you in the harbor, and just lay that down, you know, just release that to him right now in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that your plans for us are good plans. We thank you, Lord, for your favor and for your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that it is a season of harvest for everybody in this room, Lord Jesus. We thank you that the time of, of healing and the time of, of treading water is over. Thank you, Lord, that it is a time of moving forward. It is a time of stepping into new seasons. It is a time of restoration. The promise is that, the, that he will restore everything that the enemy has stolen. So I declare that over every single one of you right now in the name of Jesus. But you have to move. You have to be prepared to move. You have to let go of the past. You have to let go of your disappointments. You have to just be prepared to catch that wind. So I just release that over. We thank you, Lord, for your favor. We thank you, Lord, that you know the path. 
Yeah, we just release that over everybody right now in the name of Jesus. So busy just receiving that is <laughs> myself. It's all good. That's good. Yeah. yeah, go for it. Yeah, so as you would have picked up already, there's been well, lots of prophetic words and lots that God is saying. And um, yeah, we actually felt as a leadership team that you know we really wanted to start this year with what we feel that God is really speaking to us. Um, lots of words of hope, words of encouragement. And yeah, we all know that we've been, collectively, we've been through rough times over the last couple of years. And even if we think of the state of our nation, you know, the world right now, and yet we also have lots of individual things that are, you know, that we're all experiencing differently too. But we just, we just really are, feel like that's what God wants to do amongst us. And so we are quite intentionally focusing on prophetic words of encouragement to yeah, like what is God saying? What has he already said to remind us and to encourage us? And we want to even just, you know, be preaching into that to looking into that over the next while. We'll see how long it is. But just as God is really wanting to release that at the beginning of this year. And Colin started uh, last week, really, he, you know, he brought a that prophetic word that was on his on his heart um, and, and brought the teaching from Jeremiah, which was also about, you know, not looking to the present circumstances around us and even when Jeremiah was held up in the courtyard of the of the God and 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 you know he was he was still able to go and well he felt the Lord say to him go and buy a field and it was like this is not the right timing this is not the right space but he did it and it was prophetic action and so just speaking that encouragement also reminding us that God's heart is for us to bless us to see us prosper we read that throughout scripture so holding on to these things so that we will not be shaken. So yeah, tying together wonderfully this morning and Luann's word as well just speaks, speaks into that. You know, the winds have changed that we speak into the new seasons. We want to be ready for what God is, is saying and doing. It's not just about a new calendar year. Um, there's seasons that we're in and recognizing those shifts when they happen. Eh? So looking out for that. So Within that context as well, I want to bring something that I've been meditating on uh, definitely since the start of this year and probably just at the end of last year as well. And it's a, it's a well-known little, little verse that we probably know so well in our heads. And I want to expand on it and look in it a little bit more. But very simply, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And that ministering to you as well, eh? You just say that when I released a prophetic word on Facebook this year, that's the verse yeah. that the Lord released for this year. Oh, wow, great. Okay, good. So there's wonderful confirmation here. But um, yeah, so I've just been, just been meditating on that. Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. And so I've just been looking into that myself and also just feeling like actually... I really do feel this is the season that we're in. This is what God is saying right now, that, you know, that we're not being called to, to strive to change things or to see things happen. We're not being called in our own strength to make something happen, to make those winds change, to make those seasons change. And in many cases, we are actually, we don't have the power to do that. Um, and we're not to look out for the political power or strength to make the changes or to look for the maybe it's science or technology or wherever we might choose to put our hope in, as we can see the world is really doing right now, 
is you know looking for wherever there could be solutions and hope and breakthrough and god yes god can work through that god does work through politics and god does work through technology and medicine and you know all of these things so he does he does do that but are we primarily looking to those things or are we looking to the holy spirit and the other key thing that i felt this you know it says not by might nor by power but by my spirit and sometimes we can say okay so it's it's like not powerfully but just gently and meekly in the presence of god well actually we're also we're forgetting that the the power of god <laughs> hey the power of god in the holy spirit to bring transformation so it's just it's not about saying it's not power it's meekness it's actually about saying no where is the power is the power in human strength and wisdom or is it in the power of god yeah. and the power of god is far more powerful than any other power or principality yeah. that would seek to bring about that so it's about where are we seeking that power to bring transformation and breakthrough um, and and to look at that but i really want to go into this a bit more give some context and and bring a message around this so if you want to actually turn to zechariah and i want to give some some background here zechariah 4 is where we'll find that that verse that key verse is zechariah 4 verse 6 and um we're going to look at at some some context here but if I just set the scene a little bit when I was, I was looking at who is, who is Zechariah, what was he bringing here, I love looking at, at the context and the history and seeing the environment in which these verses were brought in and what was God, you know, what was God saying. And there's such a richness and a fullness when we can, can look at the picture, like the full picture that he's, he's giving us. And Zechariah was a prophet to the first group of exiles of, uh, of Jewish exiles who'd returned from being exiled in Babylon, who'd returned back to Jerusalem, primarily to start rebuilding the temple. Because the temple had been destroyed, the walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed, and there'd been basically nothing really of any significance happening there for about 80 years. Yeah? It had been left in ruins. And obviously for the Jewish people, this was so significant. They had the promises of God. They knew that God wasn't finished with them. They knew that there was more to come. So as soon as they got an opportunity, really people started going back. And when they had the blessing to do that, they went back and they started rebuilding the temple. And Zerubbabel is the name of their leader at that time. So he was primarily tasked. So yeah, he was the, they sort of said he was like the prince of the, those, those people at the time. But actually, his primary focus was to start the rebuilding of the temple. So they started it. The thing is, after a few years, they really just were facing so many obstacles, challenges. I don't know exactly what they were, but there was opposition. And so the work kind of stopped and dwindled out. And they took a break for nothing really happened. It said for about a period of about 10 years, I think. Something like that. So it's like a long gaps. So there was a work that started and probably people grew despondent or disillusioned or maybe they ran out of money, maybe they didn't have the resources, they didn't have the skills, we don't know what it is. But they would have, you can imagine, they were at this time, uh, they would have been maybe frustrated, maybe disillusioned. They'd grown weary of this whole mission that they'd really come to do. There'd been a long period of time and they hadn't made a lot of progress. In fact, they were still laying the foundations. And the other thing that made it really hard for these people was that they would have grown up with the stories of their 
parents and their grandparents who would have told them about how incredible the temple was before it was destroyed. Okay? And now they're like, ah, oh, we've got to get the foundations going. How do we do this? And so this is the environment. But, you know, in God's grace, he appoints a prophet specifically to speak encouragement. And so you actually see the message of Zechariah is incredible encouragement, bringing hope and encouragement, reminding people of the purpose of what they're doing, of God's sovereignty, of his plans. The other thing about Zechariah is actually he's uh, the, the prophet, uh, what they say is one of the minor prophets because it's a shorter record of what we have of his. But he is, um, he's the most messianic. In other words, his, basically the whole of Zechariah really talks about the Messiah that was to come. It talks a lot about pictures of Jesus and as we'll see in a moment, even pictures that we see later in Revelations. So things that are even still to come. So anyway, remarkable prophet. But primarily, he was there to encourage the work and the building of the temple. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, that God would send people with that gift, spiritual gift of encouragement through prophetic words. So I want to read actually the whole of, uh, well, this whole of the section. It's um, chapter 4 from verse 1 to 10. And we're going to pick it up where the angel of the Lord is really speaking to Zechariah through a, a dream or a a vision that he's having. It says, Then the angel who talked with me returned and woke me up like someone awakened from sleep. Which means that he was probably still asleep, but he was being woken up or his spirit or his mind was being awakened to something, but he was probably still in a, a, you know, a trance or a, a sleep state, but he was having this like vision. And it says, And he asked me, What do you see? I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lamps on it with seven channels to the lamps. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. I asked the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? I want to just stop there for a moment because actually there's a nice little prophetic teaching in here. Luan, maybe it's something that the, those in the, in the training group can also pick, pick up on, but thought there's such a lovely thing here you know he's he's getting this picture this revelation but he's also he doesn't know what the interpretation is he's wondering what this is but isn't it, we actually have freedom to engage with the holy spirit um to actually say well okay what is this god what are you showing me okay and so he does that he's like well i'm seeing these things this is what i'm describing but what is it and then the angel explains this to him he, he answers do you not know what these are okay and uh, I love Zechariah's honesty and humility. And he says, no, my Lord. <laughs> okay, I'm sure we can all relate to that as well. But, you know, we don't always have to know exactly what it means. But we can ask and engage with the Holy Spirit for interpretation. So that's just some side points on, on the prophetic. Um, and then uh, the angel says to him, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the leader. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become like level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. 
Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things or small beginnings? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. And we'll just pause there. Okay, amazing encouragement. And yeah, I just want to just unpack this a little bit more. Um, the, the word that we actually see, that the picture that we see in the beginning, right, with the, the seven lamps, the bowl, which is the bowl that would be for oil to, to keep the lamps, the lamps burned with oil. This was the typical uh, menorah that would be in the temple, okay, or in synagogues now. And it's that symbol that you probably know of that comes to symbolize really Judaism these days. But it was, it represented the presence of God in the temple. And it was so important that it was continuously lit when the temple was there. So they needed, they, they would have had to ensure that there was a continuous flow of oil and a, yeah, of, of oil to keep each of those flames together burning brightly all the time. And then it says that there were two olive trees on either side. So where does the oil come from? Olive oil from the olive trees. So what we're actually seeing here is a picture and a promise from God. It does relate to the temple. It also actually, spiritually we'll see in the Bible, it relates to so much more. But it was a, an encouragement to Zerubbabel to basically say, the Lord himself will supply everything that you need and you will never run out. Okay? There will be olive trees to continuously supply the olive oil into that bowl to keep those seven lamps burning bright continuously. So there's a promise to say that when you complete the temple, because that's what they would need to do when they dedicate the temple. We see that happen much later, actually, through Ezra and Nehemiah. Didn't actually really happen with Zerubbabel. It actually happened a lot later. But this was the promise of the Lord. Um, so, yeah, interesting pictures. The other interesting thing is we see the same picture is actually mentioned, or well, these references are mentioned in Revelation. And Sipokazi even mentioned this morning in her word, about the seven letters to the seven churches. Seven is used a lot in the Bible. We know it's God's plan and order, but there's, we know that there's the seven churches are representing the whole body of Christ, even in the new covenant, all together united. And it also talks about the seven spirits of Jesus. I'm not sure if it's the same thing as the churches or how that is, but it's also a messianic reference, part of, Jesus. And we know it represents the Holy Spirit because the oil is the Holy Spirit. That's always that, that symbol of the Holy Spirit giving life. So isn't that a beautiful picture? I mean, there's a richness to, to all of this that's happening. Also, the two olive trees, they're called later on and they're referred to as the witnesses. Um, they are angels. It could be ministering angels. Uh, sent on behalf of the Lord. I, I don't actually know exactly what that is, but it's it's representing the supernatural. It's representing God, His presence, the angelic, and Jesus with us and the Holy Spirit with us in this this process. So this is this actually rich encouragement that is that is being given. Also love the fact that it, you know in, in verse seven it says there, "What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will become level ground." It reminds us of, you know, when Jesus said, if you've got faith like a mustard seed, you will tell that mountain to move into the sea, and it will. 
And that's the sense that God is giving. Whatever obstacle you're facing, okay, so the mountains represented the obstacle, whatever, it might look like a hill, it might look like a mountain to you, but God is just speaking this word of encouragement to say, whatever that is, God himself can make it level ground. Yeah, and if, um, I do a bit of running. I don't know if any of you do a bit of running or jogging. Um, I really love to especially run you know, in the outdoors, uh, in the forests, in the mountains. I do, but um, you know, going uphill, especially around here in Constantia, is uh, often a challenge, <laughs> to say the least. You end up running a few kilometers uphill and then maybe a few kilometers sort of downhill. Um, and the, the uphills are a challenge for me. And some people love the uphills. I, if I'm honest, I don't love running uphill. <laughs> then occasionally I'll go running with friends where we do like a flat track. And I'm like, wow, to run on a flat track, this is amazing. I can run further and faster and feeling great, you know. And like just realizing, yeah, those mountains, those uphills really take it out of you. So yeah, I'm often just thinking of that as well. Just like what is it, you know, often we feel like we're going... Uphill, but what does it mean even that the mountains, the things we're facing that on that journey are made low? I believe it also represents an acceleration, an ease, okay, with which we can overcome, we can move faster, we can move into those the things that God has, has got for us by the Spirit. So that's the crucial thing, not by might, not by us having to work up all our fitness and our strength and our hard work. It's not by might, not by power, other sorts of powers, but by my spirit that will empower us and make those uphills like level ground that we will, that we will walk, walk on and run on. Um, straight after that, it also says here that the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. So beautiful, um, beautiful encouragement. Sorry, I missed just a bit just before that. Um, after it says uh, that those mountains will become level ground, it says, then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. The capstone is also Jesus. Yeah, we know the, the references to Jesus as the cornerstone. The capstone is, is mentioned in other places. So so interesting here just this the symbolism it's like it's just it's actually giving them a bigger picture it's not just saying hey guys you're doing a great job keep going there's like actually this word of encouragement is actually giving them this whole bigger picture that what you're doing is not just about you and your life and your bit of hardships that you're facing and the discouragement along the way it's like it's so significant what you are setting out to achieve in the context of history of all God's plans and all that is to come because God had a plan to restore the temple that same temple would be the temple that existed in the time of Jesus where Jesus would walk and minister to people in that temple bring teachings and then he told them that you know his body was the temple that would be torn down in three days and rebuilt and they were like we know what it took to, re to build this temple. Okay, so anyway, there's lots of these, these pictures, but I just love how the fact is that this, this prophetic encouragement is about aligning the people to their destiny, to the importance of what they're doing, and the fact that them overcoming their struggles is really part of a much bigger plan that God has. 
and in fact, because of the pictures that we see actually line with Revelation, we know that it's part of like an eternal plan, what they were doing in that time. And um, yeah, let's just move on a little bit more. I've got a few more things before I start to bring that, what I was about to share there. Um, verse 10 says, who dares despise the day of small things or small beginnings? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hand of Zerubbabel. So, once again, this is some of that, that picture, that metaphor, the seven, the seven eyes of the Lord ranging throughout the earth. It's mentioned in Revelation as well. But isn't that, it's such a great encouragement to us these days as well, to say, who dares despise the day of small things, or small starts, or small beginnings? which is exactly where they would have been at. It had taken years, and they were still in the foundations. Yeah? But God says, who dares despise the day of small things or small beginnings? And yeah, I just want to bring that for all of us as well, because we, we are, and we are getting really excited about, yeah, this is what God is doing, this is what He's saying in the season, this is what He's, he's promised, this is what He's, he's planning. It also starts practically, sometimes with small steps, sometimes with seemingly small things, sometimes there's foundational things that are like below the surface that no one else might see. Sometimes the things that we might not appreciate or we're not sure, you know, not many people would go to the temple and say, wow, look at those beautiful foundations. You know, they'll look up at the furnishings and the lamp that get to be done later, but of course, how vitally important are those foundations? And we know that even with even in modern buildings, the foundations take a long time to put into place. And then things can really be built much quicker. So, you know, we know these things, but isn't that just a wonderful encouragement to us? And I, I want to speak that over us even, that we, we would be a church like that, that we would be a people like that. And I encourage you, even in your own life, you know, even when you're thinking, ah, oh, but you know, it looks like this has taken a long time. Or well, I'm just trying this. Or I felt led to just do this. I felt led to just contact this person. I just felt, ah, maybe I should, you know, speak this out. Or maybe I should share in this. Or maybe I should study this. Or it might just be a seemingly small step. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, it could be something with eternal consequences and, and of, of, yeah, of huge significance and impact. And, um, you know, it's got to do with, I've, I've often held on to that even in the context of this church over years, because like any church, you go through ups and downs, you go through times when you maybe question things or, you know, and, and other times when you think, well, is it about lots of numbers? Is it about growth? What should you be doing? And you've been, you know, I, I, you, you sort of, you can question lots of things, but you keep coming back to, well, it's not about that. It's not, it's, it's not for us to determine the significance of what we're seeing that we're doing right now. It's for us to be obedient, to say, God's called us to do this. Let's do it. Let's keep going. Let's not give up. Let's not take a break for 10 years like <laughs> these guys did. But let's, let's just keep going. Let's, let's, let's press into it because what we're doing is of eternal significance, even though we might not get to see it all right now. And I, yeah, that's something that we can each take into our life and to the different things that we we are feeling and you know especially if you've been 
yeah, if you have been feeling disillusioned about how things have gone in the last while or frustrated about any aspect of life that it might be. And those things are normal and natural, not discounting our, our emotions. And it's good to vocalize that and speak that out if that is how you are feeling so people can come alongside you and bring the hope and the, and the encouragement around that. But it is about realigning ourselves as well with the truth and the promises of God and with heaven's perspective on what we are called to do and what we are doing and the progress that we are seeing. And I mean, Jenny shared a testimony this morning and she said, well, she, need, like she needed courage after a few other testimonies. Oh, now I've got the courage to speak that out. And Jenny, I know that that took faith as well to speak that out because it was almost like, well, this is the, this is the first step. I don't know everything, but you might not be completely out of, you know, out of the, the troubles and the struggles and the uphills that you're going through yet. But what I loved was that you gave a testimony about like the first breakthrough. Well, that's what it felt like when you were saying, you know, it's like, this is a step. I see it. Lord, I recognize it as a breakthrough. The winds have changed. Yeah. Eh? And I'm stepping into that. And no matter, it doesn't even matter what amount that might be how big that job might be that you've been given, or what it, it doesn't matter. It's because this, that is a sign that the Lord has brought breakthrough and change. Amen. Right, yeah. And this is what, yeah, I feel that God is really calling us to take stock of in our lives as well. He is calling us to action as well. So I think sometimes we maybe think that not by might nor by power, but by my spirit means that, oh, well, God will do it. Let me just chill. Let him do it. Well, maybe the people who were building the temple would have thought that as well. And the temple would not have been built. Maybe they tried that for 10 years and nothing happened. But God was with them. Yeah, but God is still faithful and good. But the, the fact is, we're also called to action. right? So we are called to pick things up, to press in, to, to work, to, to go to. But the difference is we do that in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Yeah empowered by him encouraged by him knowing that when he's called us to something and it's significant it gives us strength to keep going not de being determined by the environment around us what other people are saying what the media is saying what the politicians are saying what the virus situation is at the time or whatever it is those things do not determine the significance of what we're doing or just our walking in obedience with god so yeah, I want to encourage us as well that we'd be a people who would celebrate progress. We celebrate the journey, even the small steps in each of our lives and in some of the bigger things we get to do together as well. That we celebrate that, that we look to that. We look to the signs of the, the changing wind. Now, another thing with the wind, I know it's, it's Luan's prophetic word and I'm just picking up on it here as well. But I love it because I just feel there's such a sense of it. It, it connects with this. And, you know... Have you, have you noticed the weather patterns that doesn't often change just like that? Okay, Cape Town does sometimes. <laughs> but there's, there's often a thing of like you first notice there's a breeze. Like this morning, it was like, oh, there wasn't a breeze, now there's a breeze. Okay? And then sometimes that can escalate and become a gale force wind in Cape Town. And then you'll see after the storm or something that, oh, the wind's blowing a different way. Okay? Or there's a calm and then it's changing. But 
it's, it's almost like for us to take notice of where is that breeze? Yeah. What breeze is blowing? Has it changed? What are the signs of change? And sometimes the signs of change can be very subtle. But let's like look out for it and celebrate it and not like well i have to wait until the whole storm changes and or the wind changes complete direction it's like no we can start to see the signs of the changing and celebrate that and begin to align ourselves i believe luann's word was a lot about aligning ourselves getting ourselves ready being positioned coming out taking action being positioned and ready for the change but it's also it's like sensing that knowing okay the wind's changing there's going to be enough wind I can begin to step out, go out of the harbor. I don't know. Is that right, Luan? <laughs> Getting some of it here. But um, yeah, but that's really what I feel as well. It's about us positioning ourselves to catch the wind of the Spirit and, um, and to be ready in this time. Not striving, abiding in that supernatural provision of God, whether it's strength and resources, whatever it might be that, that we need. I also want to speak an encouragement to us that each of us would be a Zerubbabel. This prophet of encouragement. Because this, this is what we've been you know, sensing in our leadership team. is just like, people need encouragement right now. Yeah. Encouragement might even be the greatest form of witnessing and, and reaching people for the gospel in this time that we're in i think it's an often underrated spiritual gift it is a spiritual gift of the holy spirit and in this day and age if we have encouragement if we have hope people are going to take notice especially people in the world because if you haven't noticed already the world is not very hopeful right now all their hopes are continuously dashed i mean we feel like that too sometimes but we have another hope and we need to keep reminding ourselves of the true hope but if we can be a Zerubbabel, okay, if we can be even like what Colin spoke last week about the Jeremiah, if we can be the Jeremiah that is like, no, God's going to restore this place. I'm going to buy a field even when we're under attack. Okay? It's that I'm going to go in obedience with what God is saying. I'm going to respond to that, be a person of hope and encouragement, no matter what the circumstances around us. It's being, it's like taking prophetic action. Um, being the hope, being the encouragement um, to others around us to receive that. So I just want to pray that, pray this over us. Let's just let's just receive an infilling of hope and encouragement right now. Yeah, God, we just thank you for your love. Just thank you that you're so loving, you're so kind, that you know every one of us so well. You love each one of us so much. Just thank you for what you're doing in our lives right now. We thank you that the season has changed collectively. And thank you for every one of us that we can, we can begin to see evidence of this. You know, help us again, Lord. Just open our eyes and our hearts and our just our whole being to just to, to be aware of you and be more aware of you, of, uh, of how you're shifting things, how you're changing things. Yeah, I just release a fresh hope again in every one of us right now.
a fresh courage right now, a fresh strength right now as well, to accomplish everything you've set up for us. Now, Lord, even where there's been things in our lives that we might have stopped or put on hold, things that you've called us to, Lord, we want to get back into that. We want to pick those things up again where you're calling us to do that, Lord. And Jesus, we want to be a people who celebrates everything that you're doing, even the small starts, even the seemingly small, small beginnings, the seemingly small things. We will choose to celebrate you and what you're doing as a sign of you at work, as a sign of your eternal promises, of your eternal goodness and your eternal plan. We just thank you that we are a people of hope. We are a people of encouragement. Holy Spirit, just allow us to, to spread hope and encouragement even more in these days. Just flow through us. Let us be like those lampstands that just have a continuous flow of oil. Yeah, we just receive from you right now, Holy Spirit. We just receive fresh oil again. Oil that will never run out. Yeah, shine through us, Holy Spirit. Shine through us, strengthen us. Yeah, we just say that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not by might, nor by power, but by you, Lord God. In your spirit, with your spirit. Come, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Good.